Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have on Gaetano Donardi, and we're gonna be talking about why having social media marketing skills is gonna be the X factor for companies and brands going forward. So let's get into it. All right, what is going on, man? Hey, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Steven. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I appreciate it. Cool. Um, so I've been wanting you on the show for a while, um, but I was kind of waiting for the opportunity and I saw a post you did the other day and you were talking about how CEOs with social marketing skills is really going to be the X factor uh, going forward, going forward for brands. And so I thought we could we could chat a little bit about that. And um, so first thing, I know you're all about results <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's something you're always talking about, which I agree with. But so in terms of results, like what what insights or proof are you operating from to make you come to that conclusion for the people that may not believe believe that yet? Yeah. So as I guess the question is, how do you prove that if, if a CEO is marketing that it's worth doing? Yeah, I guess so. Cause I, I mean, there's just a lot of people out there, at least, at least in the realm that I, that I, um, that I live in where a lot of people don't, they're not even necessarily even bought into social media yet. Yeah. So it's like, so what are you seeing out there that really gives you this insight that this is the X factor. Okay. Well, here, here's like, you know, I would say the highest paid attention to topic right now in B2B marketing. And that topic is the shift away from companies that are just focused mainly on the 5% of your market that is in a buying cycle. Mm -hmm. The reality is that 95% of them, more or less, I don't, that's not like an exact data figure, but it's just a figure of speech, but you get the point. Right. Around 95% is not in market in a given moment. So why are B2B companies marketing to everyone like they're in a buying cycle? And that right. goes from everything from the calls to action on a landing page or an ad, the language that's being used, the type of creative that that's being deployed. It may be, you know, uh, demo focused, right? Uh, pricing and demo focused. But the reality is that um, that's just not how it happens. Like even for something very basic, like a toothbrush, you're not every day you know, walking or how often are you in market for a toothbrush? Right. Um, not very only often. That only when that little light comes on, it tells me I need the, yeah. Right. Something like that happens. Or, you know, if you're like me, you're an old school guy, you like the soft bristle stuff. Like either you lose a toothbrush or you're traveling or like, you know, the one you have is just no longer sufficient. And then what do you do? You, you think about the kinds of brands that are always, marketing to you all the time and you're going to go to the store and pick something that you're familiar with. Um, and it's kind of the same concept in B2B marketing. Now, um, as this shift is happening to where companies are starting to understand in B2B software, especially, well, we, we need to kind of start getting away from this transactional mindset with our marketing. We, we have to start being memorable, likable, cre creative again, um, we have to be memorable. <laughs> we, you know, you have to, what gets repeated gets remembered and what gets remembered gets done. 
you know, that's, that's kind of like the Donald Trump method, be controversial, but be memorable. But anyway, where I'm going with all this is how do CEOs get into the picture? Well, I don't know about you, but it's very hard for like B2B corporate brand messaging to be exciting, memorable, remarkable, something that's attractive and makes you want to find out more about a solution or even just more about this company, their point of view on the world, why they exist, what they do, right? Um, and so one of the best ways to leverage that is, is through content and storytelling. And who better in your company than to deliver that message on camera in a convincing and um, I would say, you know, a, a method of conviction, you know, uh, of authenticity. There's nobody better than the CEO to tell that story. There, there's really, especially if it's a founder CEO. Right. Um, so, you know, getting back to it, there's many examples of companies who are thriving because their CEOs play a huge role or at least, you know, an intermediate role in like their messaging and marketing brand, corporate PR, <laughs> social strategy. And um, you need credibility as well. And CEOs, for the most part, have credibility. So all those things considered, you know, this shift away, the away from the transactional advertising and marketing motion to one of being uh, memorable, um, authentic, and interesting is, is, is the shift we're seeing. And that's where CEOs can come into the picture and make a huge impact. Yeah. And then I also think to myself, like, like marketing to me is like, it's more than just like, it's more than just messaging too. It's also like, uh, you know, like improving the product. So like, I guess that's product marketing, but it all kind of revolves around the same thing. And so if you're out there interacting with, with the public, so like if you're on social media, you're doing, you know, doing posts, doing videos, you're ultimately going to get a chance to interact with the people, not necessarily people that are buying now, but just customers in general. And then you're going to get feedback that's going to allow you to uh, improve the product and really understand, you know, what people actually want or what, what things are they saying? What are the, you know, what, what's on their mind, so to speak? Well, yes, you, you can get inside the mindset of your potential customers by doing things like reading comments, right? Like um, there's a product out there or a solution called Winter that was launched by Pep Laya where you can actually submit your messaging and your website to a focus group of individuals that meet your criteria, your demographic and psychographic criteria, and then they can prove or disprove your messaging hypotheses. So cool. there, there are ways of like, testing and getting validation about your messaging of things like you're saying, like product feedback, all that is also apparent on review sites and B2B peer communities like, like sales hacker, for example, and there's many others. Um, but you know, to kind of, to kind of tie this all together, if you have a CEO that is able to command engagement, command attention, that means knowing where the audiences that would care about your solution, like where do they hang out online? And then how do you get your message in front of those people 
And if your CEO can be a vector to help you spread that message to the people that matter, where they hang out in line, in the places that matter, you're just going to be much more um, positioned for success in the long run. Yeah, it almost like when you say it, it almost seems kind of too simple. Like, uh, you know, just have engaging content, go to where people are, read the comments. Like, where, where is it do you think people go wrong in the execution of that? Well, they, they fail on <laughs> the, on the most important part. Well, the, the most important part is the actual creative or the message itself. Um, th th there's too, there's far too much copying. Uh, there's not enough uniqueness in like design. I think people are defaulting too much to text-based advertising and display static, um, assets. Right. But the reality is that, um, video and audio are the most memorable, um, marketing vectors. Like people remember jingles, <laughs> people remember commercials. They remember, um, ads that <clears throat> made them like change an emotion or an emotion was, was struck as a result of the ad. Um, everybody remembers the, um, dollar shave club commercial that like basically transformed their entire business. Like there's many, the Budweiser was ah, right? Like there, I can go on and on about memorable advertising campaigns that like kept brands in the, in the limelight, but, um, they would never be able to do that with just text. <laughs> So, right. so text is, is good for scanning and like deeper understanding, but, um, for those top line sort of, um, campaign based memorable things, I feel like it's gotta be either video or audio and, uh, brands, they, they, they need to just focus more on that instead of just text based, um, display based creative. Yeah. And I can attest to that too, just because like, so I post video on LinkedIn every day, even though I know that like I get fewer like views and I know that like LinkedIn counts, how they count like a view on a text post versus a video is a little bit different. But I just know from feedback that when I end up talking to somebody, it's like they literally have, they're like, oh man, it feels like I already know you. Mm. And, uh, and I, I know that it's like pushing the people that just aren't into me or like don't, don't vibe with me or whatever those people just never call me, but the people that, that do, it's like, I, they usually have said that they've been watching my videos for a while, mm. which I think is kind of interesting. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. So like you're saying, you know, um, maybe the reach is wider, uh, isn't as wide, right? It's more narrow. Um, but the people who are paying attention to that video that you're putting out, they're really paying attention. They're consuming it. So back to the, the thing you asked, like, how do you know it's working? you don't have like a lead metric, you know, you don't expect uh, somebody to create a video on LinkedIn and it's going to generate business. But what you want is for that message to get consumed. The whole point, it's like a musician. The point of making songs and making albums is so that people will listen to the music. Right. That's what you want. No musician would say, I'm going to make an album just so that I can be the only person listening to it in my room. I'm going to close the door lock the door to my room and I'm going to be the only person that listens to this album. That's not how it right. works. You want people to consume your message. So the way you know if this is effective or not is you look at engagement metrics. You look at uh, comments. 
you look at if there's um, a website-based component to this, you look at things like time on page, that will be very telling to you as well. Did people uh, click from the initial entry point deeper layers into the site to discover more, maybe browse some solutions or vertical pages or product or feature pages or something like that? Um, a total overall session duration. So that is a telling sign too. Session just refers to the amount, the total amount of time spent on a website. And then things like backlinks and social shares um, also can matter. And then video watch through. Uh, you, can, you can count a goal conversion as the amount of time um, that a video was spent being watched. Once it passes a certain watch threshold, that counts as a goal conversion for your videos. So that, that is the shift in, in measurement. You know, it's, it's getting far, far, far away from like, hey, we're going to do um, six months of, of advertising on LinkedIn to our ICP with this kind of creative and messaging. But the way we're going to measure success of this campaign is um, engagement on the content. And then does that play a correlation to an increase in direct traffic, brand direct traffic? We should see more people searching the brand domain into the URL spacebar hitting enter. We should see more branded mm. traffic as a result of these campaigns if we know they're working well. If you are even doing this in a local or, or um, targeted area, you should see that traffic from those regions are increasing. So there's ways to correlate um, your, your brand advertising efforts back to, to bottom line, but it just may not be as clear cut as did this produce a lead? What's our cost per acquisition? Yeah, I gotcha. And then even if for people that are just like me who aren't, I'm not even running ads or anything, but I'm just like listening to like, do people DM me and say, Hey, that was a cool, a cool post. Like, and then like just engaging with them and saying, Oh, what did you like about it? You know, what was, what was it about it that, that you liked, you know, mm -hmm. even just like simple things like that. And that's when I'm working with clients, that's one of the hardest things that I have to just consistently talk about is like, they're always just like, like, when do I get my first client? <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and I'm like talking about, well, like first let's get somebody to just reach out and say, Hey, that was a cool post that you did. Uh, that's like mm. almost like the first metric to like, know if you're, you're going down the right path. Mm. Um, cool. So then, um, so th then, then the other flip side is this is like, and I'm just kind of curious what your point of view is on this, because you've also talked a lot about how people, you know, misuse their time on social platforms. Like they're, they're wasting a lot of time on, on places like LinkedIn. So like, how, do, like, how, do, how should we be thinking about like, there's this huge opportunity, this is where the world is going. But then there's also this like, this kind of this negative aspect to social media. Like, how do you, how do you think through and balance those two things? Yes, I, I would say there's two things to be careful about. Um, one one is is just getting caught up on the hype train and the vanity. You know that that can become very time sucking for people. Um, th there's a lot of negativity and toxicity as well. Like people can get sucked into like comment battles with strangers just because they want to prove a point. You know that that sort of thing. Um, politics, religion, sex, like you want to avoid, <laughs> avoid threads like that. So I do see people getting like sucked into that. I do see a lot of vanity and people getting caught up in the hype. And I see this mistake too. People trying to push their own personal brands harder than the companies that they work for. So, so it starts to raise eyebrows. 
Um, mm. Companies are starting to say, hmm, this person is a high profile person at my company. They spend an awful lot of time promoting their personal course, right? Their online course or their um, Patreon um, group for a one-time, <laughs> one-time fee of, you know, $400, whatever, right? I'm just throwing a number yeah, out there. Yeah, I see a lot of that. You see a lot of that. Um, and so that is going to make people raise eyebrows. So I would say, you know, that is, that is certainly one thing to avoid. The other thing to avoid is just assuming that your audience is uh, active and um, engaging on a specific platform. And one, one trap is like, you know, following the shiny new trends. Like if someone says, hey, like you said to me, are you on TikTok yet? Well, not every audience is on TikTok. I think it's great for some, maybe not great for others. Um, same applies to LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You've got to know um, what your audience is doing online. And if, for example, you're targeting construction workers, I don't know too many construction, uh, you know, pe- like construction industry. This is probably not the hugest interaction uh, of community on LinkedIn, for example. Right? I'm just throwing that out there. Like doctors are notoriously hard to, to, to market to on social platforms too. So it's like just figuring out, um, is this platform right based on like the audience that I'm targeting? Is, does this platform have an affinity for the audience that I'm going after? And I think those are the things to, to consider. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I first got onto LinkedIn, like I hadn't really been on any social platform before that. So I, it was like, I was totally new to this whole concept. And uh, I just made the assumption that everyone was on there too. But over time, I just realized that a lot of it is just like content creators talking to other other content creators. Like those are the people that are those are the people that are that are there. A lot of the like professionals they log in for like fifteen minutes, like once a week, if that, and then yeah. they're out of there. Yeah, yeah, and that's like me. You know, um, I try to limit my time. That and that's the final component to this is like productivity. Um, the, the world that we live in is insanely distracted you know it's full of endless distractions online and um you you can end up going down rabbit holes that will make you lose productivity because you're spending too much time going through the cycle of checking every platform you know there's so many people i know that like whatsapp email facebook twitter instagram linkedin snapchat um you know the list kind of just goes on and on slack right asana once you've checked, you've made a cycle. It's, you know, the cycle is what I guess I'll call it. Once you go through the cycle of checking all these platforms, that, that could be a combined like two hours worth of work, responding to comments, clearing out inboxes. You know, you're wiped after that. And um, your mind is like frazzled. Your mind is frazzled, yeah. So how do you go from like whack-a-mole um, sort of workflow to like more of a deep focused workflow mode and that 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 is something to be mindful of uh if you're going to be active on social media because it can get very distracting and you can fall victim to whack-a-mole syndrome and waste a lot of time and lose productivity as a result of being addicted to social media yeah even when i'm trying to be intentional i jump into linkedin like i'll (laughs) i'll i'll have something that i wanted to do i was like i need to go check out this specific thing I literally, it pops open and I like literally forgot what I was trying to do. And now I'm sitting there, I see the feed and I'm just like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, you know, just for the, for the people that just do have, that want nothing to do with social media, like, do you think that they're, like, what's the, 
What's the path for companies or individuals that just want nothing to do, to do with social media? Are they doomed or is there a path? <laughs> well, um, if you, there are people who are giving up on social media because it's too addicting and they're just losing too much productivity. And I don't necessarily knock them for that. Um, I'll be honest with you. If I didn't have to be so up to date and, you know, up to speed on like everything that's going on in the world of B2B, um, I would probably choose to to not be on on all these platforms. But, you know, the, the reality is, too, is that um, you can learn a lot, too, from Twitter yeah. and, and LinkedIn. Like, I think Instagram, there's a, there's a lot of mindless scrolling, a lot of, like, bikini chicks and weed videos and fights and, you know, stu- world star hip-hop, stupid stuff like that, um, which can become, like, quite toxic if you um, get exposed to too much of that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I follow smart minds on Twitter, and I learn about investing. I learn about crypto. I learn about growth marketing. I learn about real estate. I learn about sales. I learn about um, raising money, startup life, what it's like to be a founder, SEO, right? The SEO community is huge on Twitter. So there are like certain communities on certain platforms that you don't want to be necessarily excluded from by means of your decision not to participate. But if you are just like an advocacy freak or you just really are big on like protecting your time and you don't want to fall spell to the addictive mechanisms that are inherently placed in every single online platform that we subscribe to, then I, I, I wouldn't necessarily knock someone from um, deleting their accounts or just not participating in modern day social media. So it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword, but um, yeah. that's just my gut <laughs> initial gut check response, man. No, I get you. Yeah. And I, I have to say, too, like there's been a couple of posts on LinkedIn specifically that kind of have changed the trajectory of like it's not it's not like they give you the, the full bl- blueprint or anything. But like I remember Chris made a post just about like repurposing content. OK. And just a couple of like dots in my head just connected. I was like, I was like, Gary Vee's been talking about this. He's being successful. And I just was like it was enough of a proof point where I just like was able to like just jump in and just say, okay, I'm going to figure this out Yeah, and uh, just go for it. And, uh, you know, some of those things have kind of like really changed my life. Uh, so that's awesome, man. That's amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you said a couple of things too, that like still kind of stick in my head. Like you, you were talking about how good marketers are typically creatives and like they do m- music and stuff. And ever since yeah. you said that, I've kind of just been like in the back of my head, just kind of chewing on that, like thinking about why that might be. And, uh, Maybe that's a, a conversation for another another day. Yeah. Um, so let's do the, the rapid fire, and then I'll get you out of here. Okay. Um, so just tell me what you think. Uh, underrated, overrated, underrated, overrated. Yeah. Right. Or uh, or properly rated. Uh, SEO. Properly rated. Properly rated. Yeah. What about what about SEO for smaller companies that don't have as much resources? Um, there's always something that you can be doing. Um, Here's what I'll say about that. It first of all depends how crucial is SEO to your sales motion. Are you a product that is not very expensive, has a lot of search volume, um, is a high high transactional sales motion, and you know that um, SEO could be a big part of your of your revenue strategy if you're producing inbound demand? Then obviously that means that. PPC is also going to be important 
that also means affiliate marketing is going to be important. So it's, it's most likely that it won't just be looking at SEO. It'll be looking at all things inbound and, and all things search. So if it's likely that if SEO is important, all those things are important and it just really has to align back to your revenue model. So that is what you should think about um, with regards to like SEO being um, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. I think it kind of just is the classic it depends answer. Right. But an example of where SEO may not make sense is if you're selling something that doesn't have any search volume or people don't know how to search for it. It's a very obscure or new thing that there's no um, ongoing bottom of funnel demand for at scale. Then SEO will only benefit you if you want to use it um, as an audience development mechanism. If you want to build content because the kinds of eyeballs who are searching this content, you want them to become familiar with you then it matters. So you have to think about the ways you're using SEO and why, what area of the funnel, uh, how does it align back to the revenue model? But in a nutshell, that's how you could think about it. Got it. And you did mention like the first example you brought up was like a a lower priced item. Yeah. What about higher priced items? Like what, tell me how you, how you think differently if it's a higher ticket item. Well, if it's a higher ticket item, right, it's unlikely that somebody is going to search for something uh, like let's think of something really high ticket. Um, Say you are talking about like a sales enablement software um, for the enterprise. That could be something that's like in 50 K range or learning management software for HR executives. That could be pretty expensive as well. People are doing research about this online and there's not like any certain like, bottom of funnel thing that they're going to search that's going to make them buy tomorrow. But what you want to do is just be present along all those touch points of their decision-making journey. So they're going to be searching things like comparisons, uh, tool X versus tool Y, pricing. They're going to be searching for pricing reviews. They're going to be searching for product reviews, you know, company XYZ reviews. And they're going to go to places like Gartner Peer Insights and G2 and Software Advice and Captera and just see what are people saying about this? Uh, what are the use cases? Um, and so those, those are uh, the things I think you have, to, you have to check those boxes and make sure that you're secure in all of those areas um, as you're going through this. Yeah, cool. That's an interesting insight. Yeah. And then what about LinkedIn? Um, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn is, I would say, whew, I would say properly rated, man. I, I again, it kind of is comes down to like how you use the platform, but I would say LinkedIn is properly rated. It can be overrated if you're spending too much time on vanity. It can be underrated if your uh, audience is not really hanging out on LinkedIn, but you're spending a lot of time there on on stuff. Like the, I, I think that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, cool. And what what are your t- what's your take on uh, creator mode? I don't know enough about it yet, actually. Like yeah. I have creator mode turned on, and I don't know what's any different about creator mode than non-creator mode. mode. Yeah, it just it just seemed to like shift things around on the profile. Yeah, like I think it maybe just like displays content, um, or it able it, it enables you to like um, uh, feature content, like you can like stick like a sticky tab, boom, like this is an article I wrote or a post that I wrote that did well. But other than that, I don't know much about it. Cool. And then I know you haven't spent much time there yet, but what are your thoughts on TikTok? 
there's organic potential. There's potential for organic reach. I think, um, look, it kind of goes back to the, the thing I said in the beginning where um, 95% of your market is not in a buying mode. So like you, for example, right? Um, you, you're on TikTok and um, you are into software, you're into tech, right? Um, and so there's that. what that means is that there's an opportunity for advertisers of software products that would want you to buy their stuff. There's an opportunity for them to reach you on TikTok. And kind of the, the assumption is like, oh, B2B executives or B2B decision makers, they don't go on TikTok, right? They just hang out on LinkedIn. Now, it's true that they're on LinkedIn during the day. But what are they doing late at night around 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night when they just want to be entertained? Well, they're probably exactly. browsing through TikTok. They're probably browsing through Instagram, YouTube, right? Like less businessy platforms because they want to just like let loose, you know, take a load off, not see posts about like automation and uh, scale and attribution and blah. So, yeah. so well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that just because like a, a Several of the posts that were real successful for me and got, literally got people to go to my website and book calls. Uh, they were like, "Yeah, I was going to bed, and uh, just I I watched TikTok for ten or fifteen minutes, and your video came up, and I was like, that was pretty cool. So I booked a call with you to talk, talk chat with you. That's amazing. So, yeah, That's it is amazing. cool because I and I, I had the same insight you did too. It's just like people are going there to get entertained. So why can't it just be you that pops up and? does something a little bit different than a dance, you know? That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. So yeah, long story short, um, there's opportunity to capture mindshare and attention on TikTok, but like I wouldn't think about it from like a lead gen perspective at all. I think it's just a place to like um, capture more mindshare, attention, brand marketing, creative, cool, funny stuff, but that's about it. Cool, man. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. It was a huge honor to have you on and I uh, look forward to chatting with you some other time. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, man.